Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm Jay. And I'm Matthew. And you're listening to The Last Word. So today's guest is Robbie Butler. He's an Ulster Unionist MLA who was first elected in 2016. He's his party's mental health spokesman and, in our view, one of the Assembly's biggest advocates for improving mental health and we're very pleased to have him join us on the podcast today. So um, unlike our, our previous guests, you're actually not a stranger to podcasts because you had the Mind Your Bad podcast. Um, are you a big podcast listener or like, is it just the Mind Your Bad one and ours obviously that you listen to? Yeah, I would be, um, so in terms of podcasts, it's, it's, it's 99% Mind Your Bad um, because when the first, the, the, the Marty Chappelle, who's my partner, uh, all Mind Your Bab came to me and asked about doing a podcast. I'll be honest, I hadn't a clue what podcast was. So this wasn't that long ago. It was maybe about a year and a bit, October of not 19, but 18 we started. And uh, I had to go and search what podcasts are. Uh, I, if I had more time, I probably would enjoy um, trolling through and, and listening to podcasts. I'll be honest, outside of Mind Your Bab and looking at some mental health stuff, I really only use podcasts for entertainment. So I'll look up the, the funny guys and girls and that type of stuff, or maybe a bit of music mm-hmm. um, and that sort of stuff. So I haven't really got into the podcast following yet, which is possibly maybe not what you want to hear. But, uh, <laughs> I see it as a, a really good tool, especially to meet young people, because that's what I did learn, that, that maybe people of my generation um, maybe wouldn't be the big users, but young people are big into their podcasts, whether it's traveling to college, to school, maybe through to employment earphones in listening to, downloading some good stuff and if you are downloading and listening to good stuff well it can only be good yeah um so our focus as you know is on improving education and awareness of mental health particularly in schools um because we think the sooner the people are introduced to the idea of better mental well-being the less stigmatized it becomes so what, what are your thoughts on that would you would you agree and do you think there should be a greater focus on mental health in schools no absolutely with you guys on this um support you 100 um I've really been mobilized in mental health and championing it since 2016. And at 2016, I didn't have a, I didn't have a huge expertise um, or maybe even a huge interest other than having lived 44 years on this planet at that stage and went through a lot mm-hmm. of stuff like, like everybody does. But since being given the role within the party as being the spokesperson for mental health, I've rapidly learned a lot of stuff and I've been around a lot of people get, uh, over this last few years, guys. And what I've learned is that there's already a, a, a huge chunk of maybe good evidence out there to say this is why we need to um, get in with young people as early as possible um, because if we want to beat this if we want to catch the curve and then get over the other side of it and beat it we've got to get in with the intervention because um, the intervention is going to be the, the great savior of it all um, and what I mean by that is we, we need to stage this so you've got your uh, pre-primary your primary and your secondary um, stuff and it's like it's like going from milk to wine if you like um, and mm-hmm. for me what it looks like is the mother and baby stuff and the family stuff in the early years needs to be really really concrete we need to make sure that we're supporting families that we tackle the underlying causes of poor mental health in many cases which is poverty uh, which can be abuse which can be societal things and some of it's medical and clinical and mm-hmm. there are support mechanisms available to people, but a lot of times people don't know where to go for help. So if we can get that in the early years and then we move into the primary school age, um, I'd like to use my uh, fire service analogy um, where and you guys might remember in P5, the fire service, we're going to do a fire safety talk. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The firefighters go in with their uniform and they give you a one-off um, piece of education on the fire safety jigsaw and they teach you about the causes of fire, um, what to do in the event of a fire, how important smoke alarms are. There's only four parts of the jigsaw. Um, and, and that sticks with us. And the, the reason they embarked on that nearly 20 years ago was to reduce uh, accidental fire fatalities. And here's what happened. It reduced accidental fire fatalities. It works. Education works. And education in early years works. So I think we need to get our preventative stuff in there. That's about building resilience. That's about um, uh, equipping our young people with those things that will really stand them well in latter years. And then we really introduce, for me, we introduce the mental health pieces in secondary education when there's a greater understanding of life and the complexities of life and those phases that we move through, whether it's physiological, psychological, or, or whatever. Um, so guys, you're 100% on the right track with us. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, well I give an example of Matthew and I um, were asked by a teacher in our school if we would speak to a year eight class about um, some of the stuff we're doing. And they had come up with a list of their different sort of their biggest fears and anxieties about different things. And we had no idea really what to expect from first years. But some of the stuff was, um, we were really surprised. Like it was with friends or it was family stuff or it was personal. And it was, you know, rather quite big issues for year eights. And I suppose if there's no support before that point or they don't quite understand it up until then, then it's going to be a struggle as they get older. Well, see, see what you've just said there, Abte, it's really important because in, in the other, one of the other things I learned in, in working in the fire service is that um, very often the danger for people isn't in the intensity of the battle. And that, what I mean mm-hmm. by that is, Firefighters don't really get hurt in fires here. Most injuries are picked up when the fires go on and, and your guard is down. And then you have these transitional phases in life. And one of the most significant ones that you get is when you move from primary school to secondary education. Mm-hmm. It can be underestimated what, what young people are, are, are coping with. So not only have you got that major transition and you're worrying about losing your friends, you're worrying about maybe not having new friends. You've also got maybe stuff going on at home or maybe stuff going on inside you. And if you don't have the capacity and even those avenues, and, and it isn't about knowing the answer. We've got to teach your young people, you don't have to know the answer, but if you know who to ask, if you have someone to turn to, that's what you need. Because there's none of us will know it all. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's, we need to know that. So that transitional one, Jay, actually is probably one of the, the single uh, biggest hurdles that every single one of us faces. So everybody gets it. So therefore everybody deserves that opportunity to be ready for it and then picked up on the other side. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, in your role as an MLA, what are the sort of measures you can and have taken to improve mental well-being in Northern Ireland? And how effective do you think the Assembly has been in tackling Northern Ireland's poor rate of mental health? We could maybe take that in reverse order. Um, the Assembly has been atrocious in, in how it has um, uh, tackled mental health. And then, what I mean by that, I mean, I, I became an MLA in 2016. Okay, um, I became a mental health spokesperson. And at that stage, I lodged a private member's bill. It was only first stage. And it was to, to create cornerstone legislation which would transform it. And at that stage, it looked like we had a, a collective political will to, to make it a priority. For me, it's the number one priority. But as we've seen, we had three years of non-government. And I'm not going to turn this into a, a political debate. But what I will say is that in 2016, we already had atrocious and very sad rates of poor mental health, mental health. And atrociously high rates of suicide so for me that was why this is our number one responsibility uh, outside of covid at the moment obviously now if that was the case in 2016 and between 20 early 2017 and, and 2020 we did absolutely nothing about it and we didn't because we were doing nothing politically then we're worse off than we were 
and I'll paint a picture of how frustrated I felt. I, I, I've hung into politics over those three years, but at times I desperately wanted to do something different because I had felt no sense of pride in being an MLA who was doing a fraction of the job that I joined it to do. Mm-hmm. And I could see, because I'm attached to so many mental health charities and things, and, and I'm attached to a number of organisations that I've met with you guys, I can see how crippling it is right across society. So it's, it's, it's affecting families, it's affecting business, it's affecting jobs, it's affecting education, it's affecting the length of time that people live, it's affecting the quality of lifestyle and all of those things. And that's regardless of where you are, whether you're, you live in a city, whether you live rurally, whether you've got money, whether you don't have money, it affects all of those things. And um, so for three years, we turned a blind eye to that as an executive, not deliberately by some of us. <laughs> Pick it up in January, and part of me was excited about returning in January. And I, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I haven't really said this publicly, but when I looked at what my number one priority was, which is tackling mental ill health and, and suicide prevention, I looked at the scale of it and I went, my goodness, can we fix this? Not how do we fix it, can we fix it? Because I'm also looking at the, the, the absolute nonsense that happens in, 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 in Stormont and the stupid, petty, squabbly fights <laughs> that people pick and priorities that are played out. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be a priority. Well, of course, you can have as many priorities as you want. But if your number one priority isn't protecting people and saving life, then your priorities are wrong. I'll say mm-hmm. that now and I'll say it in 20 yeah. years. And, um, I don't care what, what your other priorities are, by the way. They're all valid. But that has to be the number one priority. Surely if we can't make that a number one priority, our priorities need to be booted. However, I'm with this thing on here. This is, this is, this, this is a major bad party, obviously. But I've said this before. You have to have hope. And I do have hope that we can turn this around and we can fix it. So, as I said um, there, I, I, I put a, a private member's bill in in 2016. It failed um, because it was three years of non-government. I've initiated the first stage again of a private member's bill. Now, there's other um, politicians who will similarly be trying to do something. I'm hoping that it's different this time. I promised by the health minister, who's Robin Swan at the moment, to make mental health the priority, not our priority, but the priority. And I think in his first meetings, um, we're with mental health groups, mental health charities. As soon as he became minister, um, I had a, an email in his office. I want to meet you, and I'm going to hold your feet to the fire, Robin. Even though you're my party colleague, we have made a promise in 2016 that it would be our priority, and I'm going to make sure we deliver on it. Uh, but I don't want to deliver it as an use. This has to be a collective assembly effort um, because I don't know all the problems in all the communities, but somebody does, and we talk about it and we fish it all out. We, we can start making those steps um, to make it better. So part of it's legislation, but a bigger part of it, bigger part of it is leadership, good leadership, and helping to lift people's eyes from here up to here. These are the things uh, that we concentrate on. That was very nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Inspiring. I, I, you know, I, just, I, get, I get passionate about that. I, I just, there's, there's parts of politics Shins. which are hard. There's parts of politics which are hard for me to sell. In fact, if you're ever watching the assembly, you'll see when I'm struggling to say something. <laughs> I'm talking about mental health and, and the type of stuff. I'm struggling. I'm struggling because it's, it's, it's the real stuff. It's the real thing. Well, we were going to ask um, if you'll be holding Robin, you know, ensuring that he'll improve mental health generally, but you've made it clear that you will, you will be because it goes beyond politics. Um, would you say you have a lot of political allies in the Assembly with regards to mental health across the board? Yes, I think. I think what happened in 2016, and Mike Nesbitt has to get a big bit of credit for this, was nobody talking about mental health in 2016 um, as, a, as a political priority. So there's been lots of political agendas and, and you know, they've been pushed powerfully, and that's good. 
you know, you've got, mm-hmm. um, and you've got conflicting ones that we, you know, so you've got um, the sort of the equality um, uh, mobilization and around same sex marriage and the LGBT, which was great to see people that are passionate about that having a voice and getting it out there. You've got other ones uh, like abortion, where I have a position and maybe you don't share my position, but we can talk about it and we can, those are, those are slightly different because you have these positions. The thing about mental health is you don't have to have a position on it, it is fact, it affects us all. Um, and we can all suffer from poor mental health. So it transcends any political ideology, any social um, or moral position that you may have. Um, and so in, in terms of the allies, I think every party is certainly interested to differing degrees. Um, but I, I, I'm not name drop, but I do, I, I could give you, I could pick out of all the parties, somebody that I do believe has mental health as a priority. So. Um, yeah, the answer would be yes, sorry, I probably should have just said yes. <laughs> no, that's better than yes. And we were very happy to have you at our uh, rally back in January. Um, you as well as you know, Mike Nesbitt and um, Ryan Smith from the Green Party. And we had a few who wanted to make it but weren't able to. But um, how you, what do you think of that day? I thought, I thought it was fantastic, um, and I'm not just saying that. One of my favourite things to do um, in Stormont of the Day uh, is to meet with the schools that come in. Um, so we get a list of schools that are visiting young people, and predominantly they'll be possibly fifth year, but certainly sixth, uh, lower and upper sixth. <laughs> I can't remember. That's the only one. Um, but it's lower. Oh, absolutely! Every single time that I ask the question, and, and I, I, I say, "What are your priorities?" Because they'll be mostly political, um, politically interested students. And every single time, without fail, it's mental health. And after that, it'll either be social issues or the environment, yeah. predominantly the environment. But every single time, without fail, it's mental health. So that tells me something about young people and where their thinking is and what their priorities are. And it gives me hope. That's what gives me hope because it's on the radar of young people. So you guys mobilized, and I think you contacted just about every MLA, I think, you moved out to yeah. every MLA yeah. and invited them um, to, to the rally. I met new friends I, I, I gained new friends when i went there i also met up with some other young people who ha- i had actually met in those instances in Stormont, which was brilliant because that what happens there is they can see if you're authentic or not young people have a, like a, in a sick sense for people like me i think they can suss us out very quickly who who's talking through their um other orifice um, <laughs> their heart. Um, and that's good so um but those rallies are powerful. I mean, I was standing and there was a lady came beside me, and you guys probably won't know this, but she, she, was, she was almost in tears. She's, she, she's went through a lot of pain over this last couple of years with her son. Um, and she eventually got some help. But when she saw what you guys were doing, she was so happy to see that young people are out on the street calling out with, with something that was hidden in her home. Mm-hmm. She couldn't really, she, she didn't even know. She's probably about my age. And she didn't, have, didn't know that people were talking about it. But when you go to the centre of Belfast, the capital city, and people are proudly talking about it and sharing. My goodness, what 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 isn't to celebrate about something like that? Um, and it is about getting it into the mainstream, uh, beating the stigma and encouraging other people. I will tell you one of the one of the challenges that you will face, and one of the challenges that I've faced, is people will say to you, "The more we talk about it, the more people seem to be suffering. The greater the problem seems to be." And that's not true. The reality is this: we still haven't got to the we haven't we still haven't discovered the full extent of poor mental health. In this country mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are suffering and we don't even know that they're suffering and what we need to do is encourage people to be able to share 
Um, to seek help if it's needed. Sometimes your fix doesn't come by going to the doctor. Sometimes your fix comes by doing this and linking in with people that can support you. That's probably the best fix of all. Um, and once we reach, we will reach the top, but we have, we're not there yet. So I actually think our rates are still going to rise and we shouldn't be afraid of that because we need to fish it out. Once we know what the real extent of it is, then we will get on the other side of the curve and we will fix it. So I just don't want you to be put off when people come and say, oh, all you ever do is talk about this and it seems to be making people worse. No, it doesn't. You can't, you cannot. This doesn't give people thought about that at all. Yes, so this is part of the tool. Obviously, a lot of people we were speaking to, especially at the rally, were teenagers. Do, do you think that mental health is of young people is really the same as mental health generally? Um, what, yeah, it's an interesting question, actually. Um, I hope I, I answer it properly. If it, if, it, if it sounds like I'm waffling and I'm not on the right trajectory, just, just stop me, okay? Mental health, mental Ill health has always been. The problems aren't new. What's new is society. Society is different. And what I mean by that is, and I don't mean all the different facets of society, I mean the speed that society moves at and the speed of change and the acceleration of um, accessibility to information, the accessibility to things that make us feel good, um, the the twenty four seven news feed, the twenty four seven connectivity. One of the things that I'm very aware of is that, um, and, and I probably would have been guilty of it with my kids. I didn't allow them to be bored. I didn't mm-hmm. allow them to have an hour or two or three hours per day where you didn't do anything because there was nothing to do, which is okay. And young people aren't allowed to be bored, they're not allowed to not be studying, they're not allowed to not be the best, they're not allowed not to be the fastest, they're not allowed not to walk out in the coolest clothes, they're not allowed, so I've contributed to it, I would say, in some some ways, that um, what we're doing is we're creating and feeding into an, almost like a consumer-driven society, where it's, you have to be constantly entertained, you have to constantly have the best stuff, life's not like that, and what COVID, this, this pandemic's probably doing, it put the brakes on the society and the world like, like a politician couldn't. Mm-hmm. And whilst there will be a fallout um, and, a, and a mental health hangover to pick up on the other side of this, for some people, in and around business and jobs and opportunities and things that have, that have happened, what it's also helped was to, what it's actually helped us to do is to stop and take stock of what's important. So people are having a conversation at the moment, where does mental health sit in this pandemic at the moment and where is it on the other side? Well, here's the thing, regardless of what age you are, whether you're young like you guys, middle-aged like me or older, we are all in this together. We're all experiencing the very same thing at the very same time. So you guys aren't listening to me telling you a story about back in the old days, you would know how it was to cope because we couldn't cope. You know, you're in the with us. We're talking about mental health, so we have a real opportunity here. If this had happened 20 years ago, we wouldn't have been talking about the consequences of mental health or where's mental health. We're talking about it. You know, so yeah. that can only be a good thing. Um, so I think that uh, my generation, mental health existed slightly different because if you, if you, I think if you, I'll give you a good example. Bullying. I absolutely abhor bullying. That's about 99% of the population. One good thing about the old days when you were bullied is you went, see when you got out of school, that was it. You, you weren't mm-hmm. bullied until the next day. Mm-hmm. Not now. Because it's 24-7. Because if they haven't got your phone number, they've got you on Facebook or they've got you on Twitter or they'll have you on Snapchat or they'll have you on TikTok or they'll have you on something um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's almost mm-hmm. impossible to escape um, life just to your safe place and, and you know I think we all need to get that I think maybe uh, one of the things that we will learn out of this is we all need to slow down we all need to find a wee bit of time, a wee bit of space it could be reading, it could be running, it could be gardening, it could be anything 
It needs to be away from social media. It needs to be away from feeding the crowd and feeding the frenzy. Um, it needs to be just that organic stuff, you know, self, family, friends, boom. That's 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 a big part of fixing this. Yeah. On a lighter note, how have you personally been finding the lockdown? Um. Wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but any hobbies well i've had to i've had to learn how to i've had to adjust to things like this so you guys had to talk me through um a voice memo thing and you talk me through getting on zoom so i'm learning which is great um yeah it's been good i i also um because i um i'm, I'm always very proud to say that i'm a christian and, and that I've, I've, i'm big into church and stuff um and even there with that cohort and that community that we've, we've had to use things and it's been great because you don't have that disconnect you used to have um, and then you have a discipline of being in a certain place at a certain time to hook up with people that's been that's been really really useful um, I spent more time at home with my family um, but my wife's a nurse so she's frontline on the COVID stuff so I'm sort of watching her go out and I'm feeling a little bit impotent, impotent because I used to be in the fire service and I used to feel like I was helping hands on and I'd like to be helping hands on to be honest um, but Stormont has still been running so, for instance, last week I was in Stormont, I think, three and a half days. I was in my office, and then I was doing different things in the community at home. Um, so whilst they've been here maybe a bit more, the family have been here more at the same time, and we've, we've spent a little bit more time together, which has been really, 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 really nice. Um, an unintended consequence of uh, this, this pandemic. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's been good. That, that's been good. Have you, been, have you seen Tiger King? <laughs> No, I'm, I'm asking Carol Baskins uh, <laughs> all, all stuff, people nice Carol Baskins and I'm thinking Baskins, if you go to America, Baskins is a type of donut or something I think, I'm yeah like a nice cream place <laughs> that's a nice cream place, yeah Baskins ice cream so, and I'm an ice cream, and I love ice cream so, but then she's telling me about this tiger king and that I have to watch um, yeah. so, is it any good? Is it worth, worth watching? Yeah, I guess crazier as it goes on it's one of those you have to, you have to stick out with yeah, well, I, I, me and Belinda watched quite a bit of Netflix, so we were watching <laughs> at the moment, mm. and Better Call Saul is a spin-off, um, so it's quite good. Um, yeah, we, we just got into watching things like The Crown and stuff a wee while back, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, Liar, Liar was pretty good. It was, it was pretty good. Um, so, but at the minute, we're still making our way through um, Breaking Bad, which is... Which is a bit mad too, but it's it's good. And can we expect any more TikToks? <laughs> oh man, I thought I'd have been good at TikTok. Only, I keep using the dog. <laughs> I do uh, you know something. I would love as much as it looks that I don't get embarrassed about stuff I do. Um, I love to be able to do a, a really cool TikTok, but it would be quite awkward, you know, in moving and stuff. I think you could. Honestly, your ones at the minute are pretty good. <laughs> oh, I would, I would love to do one of those. I like the stairs. You know the one in the stairs that beat. You know that one with the dance. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I live in a bung- I live in a bungalow. So can I come to the stairs? We'll rent you out our stairs. I will tell you what. We'll maybe do a TikTok challenge with uh, the four of us, uh, if you like. Um, <laughs> I would, I would, I think I'd probably do it. I'll do another TikTok. I'll do a TikTok one. I can't do a proper one as opposed yeah. to using my dog. <laughs> you make yourself, you make a name for yourself as the TikToking MLA. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did, well, I did notice um, uh, a guy, a Sinn Fein MP, um, uh, I think Paul Massey, I call him. 
I think he did a TikTok and it got massive views. He did a, <laughs> um, and I'm not endorsing Sinn Fein, by the way. <laughs> he, did, he did a TikTok. He did a he did a cool TikTok. So I'll, I'll have the time. I do that. Yeah. Yeah. We only have about five minutes left before this call ends, but we can always restart another one if you want to go. But just finally, so Pure Mental are releasing new hoodies in the next day, few days with some designs submitted by followers. Can we expect to see one on you? Yes, absolutely. I would love, I would love a, a Pure Mental and a hoodie. Um, that's why I put this on today. So you can see the Mind Your Bat hoodie. Um, and this yes. is the interesting thing, guys. Mm. It's, when me and Marty got, got these, we were... Inundated might be over uh, overused the word, but we, we were asked multiple, multiple times about people who wanted to run. And we were surprised about the amount of people who who tuned in, watched, liked what we were saying, liked what we were doing and wanted to be part of it. And I think that's marvellous. And honestly, I think it's really good. See, see to be part of something, uh, and uh, if it's something that you care about, that gives you a yeah. sense of identity and a um, brotherhood, sisterhood, or community. I think it's absolutely brilliant. So yes, I, I would I would be more than willing to purchase one. Have you have you worked out a, a, how much they cost and what they'll be? And well, colors, I, I take buff. My size is buff, by the way. Make a note of that. <laughs> well, we're going to try and make them as affordable as possible. Yeah. Good. But um, we're thinking orange and black and and white maybe. Kind of keep it dark. Yeah. Have you, Orange, black, and white, all together? No, as in, as in different, different colors. colors. It's a color scheme. <laughs> 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 so, and that's fine. I would love one. Have you got it? And have you, you got to be Brad, getting the Brad badge embroidered, are you? Yeah, we haven't badges ones, and then we've got, like um, Richard was saying there, we're different followers have emailed us different ones. We had a bit of a competition, so we'll have some of those on them too. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you would be surprised the difference that that can make. Um and yeah, if there's, if there's anything, yeah, I'd like I, I, I would like to buy one. Um, and genuinely, because they, they cost money, guys, and um, we'll maybe maybe we'll maybe send you one of these. We'll do a we'll do a swap. A swap. swap deal is fine. A swap that would that would, yeah. that would do well. <laughs> Just so you know, these come in pink, blue, grey, and <laughs> a lady ordered a green one, and I, I'd be honest, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> But she loves it. But she she loves it. She loves it. It's a really dark green. I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Matthew, you wanted to ask. You're, you had a couple more. You wanted to add to the end, there, didn't you? Um, for for all these, I think the the show is called the last word. So we, I would like to end with two questions for which I'm going to ask everyone. So, the first one was, um, if you had to say something to young people, what would your advice be? Um. My advice to young people would be um, to never give up, um, value your friends, um, but uh, to have a friend, you've got to be a friend. Uh, that's really, really important. So um, you, you're not entitled to friends. Uh, you're not entitled to a whole lot. Anything you get, you get, uh, you work out, you have to work at it to get it, and that includes friendships. Um, and the, the, we do need to talk to people, right? But you need to be able to trust the people that you talk to. That's really, really important. So establishing um, good friends, I think, is probably one of the most valuable things that you will do in your entire life. And the only other thing I would add to that is that uh, whatever you want to be, um, set, set the bar quite wide, don't narrow it down too young, and enjoy your life. Um, and maybe try and do, just try and do as many things as you can. 
as opposed to trying trying to be the best at everything. Um, because life's for living, guys, and um, there's, there's loads of stuff out there to enjoy. Stay connected. What would you say would be the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, I, when you're my age, you've probably been given loads and loads of advice, but one that stands out uh, probably maybe within this last 10 years or so. Um, I'm sure each of you would love to be good at something. And if you're like me, you could not believe that absolutely everybody has at least one gift. There's, some, there's at least one thing that each of us would be good at. Um, and I grew up with a passion for uh, football and for singing. I absolutely love music and love singing, but I can, can't play football and I'm not good at music. I'd love to be able to play the guitar and sing and I can't. So I genuinely had a little negative thought in my head that I don't know, I, I mustn't have a gifting. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm good at. So uh, I was talking to my best friend at one stage. He's uh, quite a bit older than me. He's in the 70s, maybe 76. And I was saying to him, just having this conversation, I was saying, I believe everybody has a gift. I don't know what mine is yet. Um, I'm, I'm, I was probably in my 30s at the time. And he looked at me and he hesitated. And he said, you really not know what your gift is, Robbie? And I said, no, I don't. I don't. And he said, well, it's this. You're good with people. Um, you're, you can talk to anybody. You are empathetic. You care about people. And he says, not everybody is like that. And I didn't know that. I thought everybody was comfortable with people. Everybody liked talking. That everybody that, you know, cared and, and, and had that natural empathy. And he said, well, no, that's actually a gift and it's something that you should treasure. Um, and it's, I didn't believe him at the time, I'll be honest, when he said it to me, I was like, you're only saying that because I like you. Um, and I didn't maybe even value it that much, but over these years, especially when I've got into the field that I'm in now in politics, um, then I've seen the real value of it. Um, because you're meeting people all the time from all different hues. And it's really important to actually like people. Uh, and have that natural connection. Um, so probably for the job that I do, I'm grateful for the ability to do that without having to put it on. We've all got a gift, guys. We've all got a gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us, Robbie. Well, Thank guys, you. get out there, reach all those young people, get the word out on mental health, let's beat the stigma. Let's get to the top of the curve. Let's get on the healing part together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, thanks very much, Robbie. Guys, Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Just a quick announcement, we're now available on Apple Podcasts, so we'd really appreciate it if you could give us a rating or a review on there so we can help reach a larger audience. Thank you again for listening to The Last Word, and we'll see you next week. Bye!